I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old mucker, Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. Why are we doing this? For the love of the game, mate. For the love of rugby. Let me introduce your hosts. No man has played for England more times than Ben Youngs. Get us a flat one, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, immediately. Thank fuck he's got a podcast. The jibber-jabber on that mouthy ca- Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, mate. Hang on. Let me have another go, please. I really used to enjoy toast and pate. Boys stuffing in foie gras 24 hours for a game. <laughs> With caramelised <Yeah>. onion. <laughs> oh... Dan Cole. With his hundred caps, all his medals, his cuddly cute face and his beautifully shiny head. If you're having mince slash bolognese before the game, you don't want to splash it on your nice clean white top. Honestly, is Coley actually doing this? Well, if you want stories about traffic on the M1, then he's perfect. Like you go on a Sunday night, you think it's going to be empty and then around Northampton you get stuck. There's got all these 50 miles For the love of rugby. In today's episode, your guide to post-match. The showers, the songs, the press conferences, the cram, the drug testing, and the funny things your kids say when they've watched you get beaten up for 80 minutes. Plus, why the post-match function needs a rethink and how your body really feels on the way home. Enjoy. Hello again, Ben. How are you? I'm very good, mate. Good to see you. How was the drive? The traffic. Traffic was, uh, it was all right. There was um, post-school run. There's no school car park. The school is, the kids' primary school is up a, like, a small side street, so you park on the main road, which can be hellish if a tractor or delivery driver comes through. We've had plenty of times where there's been a standoff in the village. My best time, we could do a whole podcast again, but there's a tractor coming one way. There's cars parked on either side of the road, which I don't like parking there because obviously you get trapped. So I parked down on the side street. There's a tractor coming this way with a trailer. And there was a woman who was late for school. She just stopped her car there. Instead of parking, because the tractor would move out of the way, she thought she had the right way. She just stopped the car, got out, walked a kid to school. And the whole village was just like, any chance? And she got back in her car. She's like, what an arsehole. I'm like, <laughs> he is, is he? <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yeah, but none of that today. No, it was all good. Um, I'm here. And so are you. I'm so am I. So Ben, after last week's thoroughly successful podcast... I, th- I thought we really set the scene well, I thought. I think so. I think we have people an in-depth insight. So we've had the question from um, your mate in the supermarket, can we do a follow-up episode regarding what happens post-match? Well, that's fine with me. We should probably do the similar theme to 
last week, but last week was all about the intensity of match day. Yeah. Whereas post-match is a bit more relaxed. So it is. I think we should, we should probably continue with the scene setting of like law and order. Dun dun. 5pm. England move the ball to left-hand side. They come back on the right. Pass back inside to the Cole from five out. Gets tap tackled, falls <laughs> on his face, knock forward, yeah. scrum, scrum, game over. England yeah. lose by one. Oh, no, England win. England win. Um, um, no, it's a good win. Final whistle's gone. A spectacular victory for England and whoever they're playing. Do they play Sweet Carol? What's the England victory song? Didn't hear it in the summer, to be honest. <laughs> 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 oh, but, we laugh. Um, but there's normally. Um, <laughs> Because normally Twicken was fairly merry one way or another. People have enjoyed themselves. So dun dun. Yeah. Game's gone. Yes. We've won. Crowd's very happy. If it's a last minute victory, it's a massive celebration. If not, it's a bit more subtle, but you're pleased to win. You then pretty much shake the opposition's hands. You form the old rugby tunnel, don't you? You do. The guard Which still the French are very stubborn about yeah, coming yeah, through, yeah, aren't yeah. they? It's not a traditional thing in France. After all these years, they know that we do it. Yeah. And they still oh, yeah. drag their heels coming. It's like, oh, do we have to? So we make a, we make a tunnel. You do the traditional three tiers. See all the management. So like they're obviously really happy. They're not under the pump for a week. So they're really happy. Congratulate all them. We then huddle. go to a huddle, don't we? You're right. And that will be everyone in there apart from staff. So and it's just a quick debrief of like, we go again next week or we've got, this is good. We were good for 50 minutes, but we had that period in the middle of the game where we lost it. So like, it's nothing too heavy, is it? Think for that, like that, but again, you, you're so busy trying to process the game or why you won, what went well, or you won, but you weren't convincing. Why were you not convincing in your win? Like you're still trying to work it out and, and you don't really get the answers often until one, you've watched it back or two, you've actually had conversations with other people to try and figure piece out, together what's going piece here. together. So yeah, it is that. At the end of that, we always get someone to sort of break us down, don't we? Yep which will normally be Genji or Luds or... Yeah. Yeah, so Ellis Genj. But it's basically just like a clap. They call it a Ric Flair, so a clap and a whoop. What would you do if you're breaking it down? You know? Two claps. On three, two, three. Clap, yeah, clap. Two claps. Well, you go thank the fans as well at Twickenham, don't you? You do, you do a lap. You basically go around. Yeah. You do a lap. Because so like, the Twickenham obviously crowd, obviously, if you, especially if you won, there's a lot to stay behind. You do a lap. Unless you've been picked off for media, if you're man of the match, so I've never done one. Um, but you have done... Not many. Two. <laughs> <laughs> in 130 games you've won uh, two yeah, cool. yeah so some guys will have to go do the media straight away yeah. but that is you're told like shut off that team huddle this is maybe the theme this is what they're asking about this is the likely question you literally get told like 20 seconds this is what to expect blah blah blah, blah. maybe reply of this after win it's obviously a lot easier than a loss you've done a memorable one haven't you I did have one memorable one yes was that South Africa it was that was yeah we'd just lost the um second test in Bloemfontein and we'd played South Africa the week before we'd raced into like a 30 point lead yes and then we'd end up losing like 42 38 something like that following week almost same thing happened got into a nice lead yes and South Africa then beat us we literally finished the game we get a tap on the shoulder we're all gutted because this was the 2018 where we'd had a bit of a bad run yes there was a lot of heat coming on the team but there was this narrative that like the wheels were falling off and Eddie's this two-year man and then it all goes wrong and like all these things were like getting thrown around and it was just nonsense we'd gone from like 18 game winning streak winning Grand Slam winning a title the following yeah. year we were there to get picked apart a little bit because of the success we'd had had anyway got tapped on the shoulder Ben you've got to do interview quickly go to do the interview first question was I, I can't remember off the top of my head but it was along the lines of same old England you yeah. know, you've, you've basically bottled it or you, you haven't done it thanks very much well Ben it seems like it's a bad case of deja vu for England again, doesn't it? Yeah, no, we're really disappointed. Uh, we lost the series. We're going about that, so we'll work hard this week and we'll look forward to getting it right next week. Just... Well, that was short, wasn't it? 
well done, Gail. Give me your composure. Uh, they're not going to make a lot of friends, England, if they uh, don't front up and ask simple questions at the end of a test match like that. I understand the frustration, but England are in a hole, and evidently it is beginning to get to them somewhat. Very sad to see that. It's not like Ben at all. And I just thought, oh, like you're so emotional after games, right? And I was gutted. Like, we were gutted. We threw it away last week, and it was almost the same thing that happened. And she wasn't wrong in asking that question, because that's probably what everyone back home wanted to know. You know, why is it? Why do you keep... But you just think, like, oh. And I, I just remember politely saying, cheers, and walked off. So I just removed myself from the situation. Yeah. But... I wasn't ready to deal with that. But then later on, actually that, you know, a couple hours later, I actually redid it. But yeah, you know, emotions are high. It's so Adrenaline's raw. flowing. You're tired. Everything's going ahead. You like, you're trying to press what's going on and then you get interviewed straight away. You either end up giving like a very stoic answer, which is not how you're feeling. It's a bit false. Or you give a real one like you did and then you get told off for feeling for, for, like for, you do. For, for actually showing something. Yeah. So it is hard. But look, that was one incident. The rest of them have all been fine. And like you say, it's just... It's you're trying to remove your emotion out of the game and you're trying to give answers that are... They played really well. Win or lose, like the opposition's really good. We got some lucky breaks and um, yeah, we're just going to keep working as a team. That's pretty much like... Yeah. And like you watch 90% of interviews after a game. It's kind of like that. So you, part of you is like, what is the point of this interview? But like people want it because it's real, but at the same time... It's not real. So anyway, Finish that. Yeah. And then like say, catch up with everyone and do the lap. You do the lap. Thank the fans. You get three quarters of the way around. You get to your families. So sometimes it's the first time you've seen them yeah. all week. So it's actually... It's quite nice to say, I've done it with my kids where it's like, daddy's going to go away, but I promise you, you can come on the pitch afterwards because they like, love that it as a kid. That is all they want to do. That's the great thing about it is like, win, lose, they don't care, your dad. But you say, get the occasional one, whereas I remember we lost to France, it was like 53, the last Six Nations was 310. And afterwards I was like, this could be the last time I ever, I didn't expect this, this is the last time I could ever play at Twickenham. My boys come down, like see me play, like they're not interested in really rugby, but and they come on the pitch and run around and for them at that point, it's kind of like, how would you show? It's a big lesson as a parent. It's like, you tell your kids all the time not to be a sore loser when they lose something. Yeah. So like after a game, how can I then stand in front of them and be like, as a parent, I'm a sore loser. You can stay in the crowd. Yeah, yeah you've come out to watch me. But yeah. You can stay there because I'm losing because we've lost by 50 points. I'm really upset. And you're kind of like, you can't do that. So you get them on the field and you're a bit mopey, but they say, thankfully my kids give me their, oh, daddy, you lost by 43 points, daddy. He's like, keep trying hard daddy you'll be better next week yeah thanks boys yeah, I don't really need Appreciate the lessons it. I'm trying to teach you <laughs> back in my face thank you I know what you're trying to do but again somebody gets posted on social media and obviously there's some people go oh um, I don't think that's right you've lost by you've lost your game and you've got your kids on the field and you don't care it's like not that I don't care but there's a human side of players in the fact that to stop me moping about as disappointed as fans are no one and I don't care what you think no one is more disappointed than us like you think about interest with all the stuff that goes into it and they say you have that moment you win or lose you win you're happy you lose the ability to bring it back to normality. So you see kids, you might not have seen them for two weeks or however long to bring them on the field. So they, it makes their day and hopefully memories they'll last, remember forever. And then teach them a life lesson of don't sulk to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. win or lose, it's a game, like that kind of stuff. And um, that's why I think fans, most of them appreciate it, but you just have to remind some that, because you never really get a chance to explain yourself. Some of you now. No, exactly. So you put your family's back, you might then have some, a lot of when selfies. You through, yeah, yeah, sign some bits. And sign some bits shirts, and bobs, balls, take selfies. Program selfies, yeah. Or you're going under the tunnel and it's, can I have your boots? Or can I have some shorts? Yeah. Or can I have your shirt? Uh, a lot of people are like, can I have your shorts? It's like, um, no, because I don't want to walk around in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I know some blokes do it's like the only thing to do is now give blokes their shorts so they can wear out their pants but it's like I'm fairly conservative I'm not comfortable walking around in front of 10,000 20,000 people remaining in my pants so no you can't yeah. have <laughs> yeah you go through the tunnel and back into the changing room to be fair as you walk through the tunnel 
there's all some drugs testers yes. waiting yeah, isn't there? they're there with the clipboards and you kind of look at them and you're like is it me yeah do I have to? Don't, I, I don't need a pee. Yeah, I'm really dehydrated. Really can't be asked with it. I don't. I just want to enjoy. It. Say if you want, especially, it's like I just want to enjoy the time. Often you wait for everyone to collect in, and the coach will do a debrief. And sometimes you look across, and there'll be a strange guy, normally in like a mat with a clipboard, <laughs> yeah. just like peering his head around the corner because he feels a bit awkward in the fact that he's at this post-match thing. He's not part of the team, but it's like he has to keep eyes on the person he's drug testing at all times just to make sure they're not cheating, removing urine from your bladder with fire an injection or something out of people yeah. cheat drug test. Because that time in the change room afterwards as well can be quite, not sacred, but... It's a precious time. It's a precious time because it's the only time in the week where the pressure's off. You're not building towards test match. Test match is done. You've won, lost. It's time of reflection, time being with your teammates. We can celebrate time together as a staff. And you know, you get sometimes half an hour, but it's time where you can be as a collective and just, it's that moment where, say, you see the drug test and you're like, you're going to take me away from this and I don't want that. So they basically pick randomly. Yes. Anyone can be chosen. Two or three numbers out of a hat, but it's if they pick number four out of the hat, it's four from both sides. So you'll always get the same. If it's 17, it's both 17s will go and do it. So it's, you'll see opposite number in the, the room afterwards. Like if I give you a quick summary, drug tests come, they can come at any point. They can come to your house. They can come at the training ground. Yep. They can come at your hotel room. Yes. After games, whenever. When you get tested, you either get hair tested, blood tested or urine. It's normally urine. It's normally urine. And you have to pee a certain amount. 90 mil. 90 mil. So after a game, often you don't pee enough and then you have to sit there, drink loads and loads of water, feel horrendous. That's too diluted to be tested. One of my favourite drug testing stories is Marla in Japan. The tester comes knocking on his door. Random test. Yes. He got picked. Knocks on his door. No worries. Come on in. You've been tested. Slight issue. Marla needed a shit. (laughs) Right. And so when you do a drug test. The drug tester has to see the urine leave your body and enter into the the bottle over they can't just like you can't just turn your back and pee into a cup it is like as a kid when you're like six yeah full trousers yes, down yeah, to yeah, ankles yeah, yeah. pissing top up trousers down and for marla it was trousers down he was sat down <laughs> so he chooses his pop he's then sat down trousers he said, sat on the down. toilet yes he's gonna take his top off yeah cup underneath the piece for the man to see this he can't just do it from the back of the room he's front yeah. on <laughs> He, and he, is he, literally. He, he has his head almost in the toilet doesn't he making sure what's going into this cup is from joe marla and if you don't know like <laughs> japanese people are extremely diligent about their work and they take oh. their craft extremely serious so there was no way <laughs> this guy was honestly about an inch away from the toilet room but you can also imagine the smell that was and the noises from that and everything which um, i don't know if that bloke after that you've just got to retire like nothing worse than this can happen to me i do believe that joe was apologizing to him whilst i hope so i hope he was apologetic on Um, his high protein diet the worst one i think i had was i was in south africa you know you used to have beetroot shoots for a game oh yeah yeah it increases the nitrates and it makes the blood flow best to your muscles you get more oxygen to your muscles you're able to run for longer Yeah, yeah, yeah great they don't tell you about the fact it absolutely savages your stomach first time you take it yeah you have a piss it's red it's red and you're like oh my god oh my god what's happened to me I got tested in Africa after one of the the test matches and it was like I literally like you wait you wait you wait and I peed and this thing was red and I was like oh my the the guy's like ah shot in the kidney eh I was like (laughs) I hope so (laughs) or I hope it's something else because he wasn't concerned at all I was like I could be dying here mate and he was like yeah yeah, shot in the kidney eh like cool can I see a medic it's like no and then afterwards it's like it's be true it's like fine but yeah, that was a bit of a shock. We should probably get a drug tester on here sometime. We get him to, uh, get, we'll get Marla's drug tester in. We'll get that Japanese drug tester in because <laughs> yeah. honestly, that the way that that's <sighs> described, Marla's, well, when, when uh, Joe comes on the show, yeah, we'll get him to describe it. that yeah. because 
Oh my god. I'm pretty sure he's had other ones as well in his. No, so. he has, yeah. He definitely has. Post match briefings. The best ones are Coach will thank you for your efforts, guys. Win or lose. Just keep getting better. The coaches, obviously, they have to go do the live interview on the pitches anyway. So they're always a little bit behind us, aren't they? The time they come in. And when they come in, it is, if we've lose, then almost the coach is, his responsibility is to make the group feel a certain way. His job is to say, boys, we didn't get this right, but we're going to get it right. We know that. We're aware of that. It's going to be okay. They take it on themselves. It's yeah. like, I didn't prep you well enough. The coaches didn't prep you well enough. Your efforts are outstanding. It's on us to improve it. And like, as a player, you're like, I know that's not true, but brilliant like and the pressure almost relieves a bit and you feel not better about yourselves but especially after a loss you want the a line to go this is how we're going to win next week you know what i mean we want to put this right this is the plan you're already onto it brilliant let's enjoy this time together enjoy it as a squad because some people like there might be injuries there might be not this squad might be together again so enjoy it and then let's turn up two days time ready to roll against the next opposition they often say everyone grab a beer and if again so if there's a milestone so a first cap a 50th or 100th that will be presented in the change room. Often the president they offer you will come down and present, say, a new cap. Everyone will toast them. Who presented you 100? Genji, actually. He said it was after Ireland away. Genji just stood up and presented it. And actually, I felt a bit choked up in mine because I felt like, A, I didn't think I'd ever get it because obviously after World Cup final, it stopped. And then you think of how many people have actually, you have time to reflect and you think how many people have helped you. And, you know, if you leave your family and kids behind and, you know, you swan off to Penny Hill for two weeks or two months while well, they pick up the pieces back, you got that all the people that have driven you places when you're a kid, all the coaches that have actually backed you, you know, when you play for bad times, that kind of stuff. And I'd never thought I'd get there. And I did. I was like, you think we start playing international rugby 2010? It's 13 years of your life that... Yeah, you're doing what you love and it's a privilege, but it doesn't come without sacrifice and hard work and highs and lows, adversity coming through the other side. My 100th was COVID. So empty stadium. And it was Jamie George's 50th as well. Like you said, it's, it's emotional because it's a reflection of everyone that's played their part in getting you to that point. For us to get to where we got to, like there's so many other people that have had to ride the wave with us with the highs and lows. It is emotional because you kind of start thinking about them and, and what they've done to allow you to do this. Did you get a watch? I did. No, no, no. Oh, unlucky. Um, <laughs> I got a bottle of champagne that's still with the team manager. I think it's like a magnum. So we got given both a bottle of Bollinger. Yeah. I got given... A watch. Was it engraved? Yes. All right, yeah. Good, good. But anyway, but anyway, out comes the food. Yeah, well, you have the food and the beer, but the best thing about it is having the beer is the fact that everyone's so dehydrated, you literally have one beer and you're like, oh my God. Giddy. <laughs> I am giddy. It's probably not the best um, <laughs> recovery thing, is it? They give you, trying to give you like a protein shake and stuff. But sometimes like, they put this food out and I'm pretty sure it's the staff that eat it because as a player, so we've got the adrenaline, eat, yeah. you don't want to eat. You know what I mean? So sometimes after the debrief if there's a bit of time we could often go into the opposition changing room you might have a beer and you might also some of us with slightly more relaxed physiques might not want to swap shirts on the pitch in front of the tv cameras in front of eighty thousand people so we do it afterwards in the changing room they'll come into our change room and you have a beer with them or you go in their change room and you take a beer room with you it's always that one where like you're like waiting for them to finish their debrief before you go in and are you the first player to go in and you go in and everyone sort of looks at you but it's actually fine it's, everyone's always welcoming so you just go in and find your opposite number there are a couple of funny stories during the world cup because obviously you know the the big teams you play against you know the australian opposition inside out but when England played Chile, there was a few blokes that I didn't play in that game, so I'm guilt-free, but a few boys in that game wanted to change shirts 
but they're sort of like scanning the changing room, flashing the number on the back of their shirts, going, um, where's 12, where's 13, that kind of stuff. So it's um, normally, you know, but Chile was a bit different, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, that was a little bit different. They normally get like a 10 minute window. It's like, oh, you've got, there's a list in there like press or some people have appearances for sponsors and have to go to certain places. So it's like, you've got 10 minutes, you've got to be outside then. So then it's like, ah. And then that bit, that fun bit's over. Get showered. Have you trodden on ice in a yeah. shower? Painful. Oh, yeah. Like some blokes have been icing stuff. The amount of times they're iced up, they just throw it on the floor. It's like, ah, walk across that. Shower gel. If you forget your shower gel, there's always a sponsored shower gel, which is good. Well, they don't, they don't sponsor I've seen you in the shower, mate, on well, TV. They're dust to me now. <laughs> you know, they were Dove Men Plus Care, but, you know, apparently my physique isn't the one they want for it. So, um, Links yeah, Africa good, will cover it. Good dad bod, mate. You're fine. That was a bit of a stitch up, that one. But that's probably worth another conversation okay. another day. The, the endorsements, how they help you. They don't give you enough detail about it. Next minute, you're in a shower with your rig off, uh, rubbing soap on. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go there on another day. <laughs> well, you doing some sprint training. Do-dum. We did them. Yeah, we did them. We did them. Do-dum. Do-dum. We've drug tested. We've done media. Done our responsibilities. We've done a bit of recovery. You don't really do much recovery. You might get an ice bath. You haven't really got time of you because you no. have a beer celebration. You then go into, say, the shower. You then have to bang on a suit normally straight away. And Which doesn't fit. You then go across to, sometimes if you've got corporate, you have to go across and go to maybe a, a box and you talk to- you like to go to British sponsors. Airways box or things the like that. The only problem is, often, I don't know if you, you've had a shower straight away, then bang on a suit. You then have to sprint across to where you're going to make it on time. Post shower sweats. Sweat. Yeah. And it's like you're on stage or you're chatting to people and you're talking and then it's just sweat. And also, you've had a couple of beers, you're a bit giddy, and it's, I'm not saying embarrassing, but I've had it where I'm just stood on stage sweating, and it's like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, oh, I've just had a shower and put a suit on. It's like, are you having a heart attack? No, 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 I'm fine. Um, so that happens. And then afterwards, we, you're basically into the post-match function, aren't you? You are. At those commercial stuff, though, it's literally Q&As, isn't it? It's 15 yeah. minutes. And again, it's with the sponsors. Yeah. Often there's fans in there and things like that. So it's pretty straightforward, but you're right. And then come back and that's when we get a small window to see the family. We go to another room. You get like a 10, 15 minute window to see your mum and dad. Sometimes that's in a different part of the stadium. So you have to get a security member or one of the tricking staff to like run you over there, run you back. If anyone ever meets you in that period, you feel bad because I want to have a photo. If you ask for a photo, I want to have a photo, but I've also got five minutes to see my family. So you don't want to upset anyone by saying, no, I can't have a photo. But then you want to get to see your family. You want to go post-match and it's kind of like, can I have a photo? It's like, yeah. Can we do it whilst walking? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, if people like, and it's like, no, we'll stop here. It's like, I can't stop. I've got to walk in this direction. Come on, I photo in this direction. And some people like get it and some don't. But so yeah, I'm going to say sorry to anyone that's ever met us in that post final whistle. When you're in a suit, you're rushing around to get to places because you've got to keep moving that period. You stop, you're going to miss a deadline of some sort, aren't you? That's a proper dudum. Um, I think gone are the days you hear about, apparently a bit of a wild west before our time wasn't there. You'd hear stories of like people who play a test match, get showered in 30 seconds on their bikes and they'd be like mopeds taking them to all the different corporate events. <laughs> They're just earning like piles of cash, like no matter what. And it was literally what it's like, yeah, I'm doing this, 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 this. Whereas now it's all under like, I think the RFU runs the corporate. So it's all part of like the, um, your player's responsibility, but dum dum. Staff come in and say like, we've got post-match function. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Dun, dun. We'll have an ad break. Good idea. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Dun dun, we're back, Twickenham. So it's been pretty mental till then, hasn't it? We are, how many hours post-game? Dun dun, two? I'd say two. But then you've cracked, like there's a lot crammed yeah. in, but it's only been two hours. Yeah. So now you're in your suit. Post-match function, you basically grab your, your wife or your partner. Yeah. You say goodbye to family and then you head over to the spirit of rugby at yes. Twickenham. You're at the function. You walk in and dun dun, Norse fest. <laughs> Absolute well, well, laser well, parade. Well, well, Honestly, people coming up to you like... There's a, they'll paint the picture. Oh God. But basically, their post-match function is the dignitaries, is the RFU council, their partners, the president, distinguished guests. But basically, the two teams go up there and have food. Um, you just have to remember these people have enjoyed all day hospitality. Yes. So it's now 7, 7.30 in the evening. They've probably consumed huge amounts of alcohol. I would. If I was there, I would be. If I was on the council and I got free piss all day, you'd be, I'd probably be asleep at the table, to be honest. Sometimes they're fine. Other times, you have a lot of opinions on the game. Let's just say you hope you've won yeah. because the feedback's generally then positive rather than the other way around. Yeah. I mean, 90% of them are really, really nice, but then you get the 10% potholes that you try and avoid you try and avoid they've been all day and want to tell you about tight tight wide yeah. wide tight 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 wide 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 tight 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 and how the game's complicated and why do you keep kicking it away yeah. you know we do that the captains the teams exchange gifts which often pins or ties and the president because the RFU president has hosted the opposition president and vice versa every year so they thank each other they thank the teams for the great occasion. The referees get thanked, the match officials. I mean, no one's really listening though, is it? Like, oh, no. Like, how many is in there? Yeah. A couple hundred? A couple hundred, yeah. No one's really listening. But the thing is, I think there's like a, a history where the president, because you're president and you've probably done 50 years of like voluntary work in the community and all this kind of stuff. This is your moment to shine. Whereas the players are like, could you just thank us for the game? Thank everybody. Jobs are good in. How is your body feeling at this point? You are dun dun two and a half hours <laughs> yeah, post game. Yeah. First time you probably sat down. It's the first time you sort of relax and you sit down, and then the adrenaline starts to drain out your body, and you start stiffening up to a point of word, and you kind of start slowing down. And it's like I want to go home at this point in time. You I want to go back you. to the hotel. I want to have some food, and I just want to relax. I'm done with this. And then the president who's chewed himself up because it's his moment will launch a speech. Just thank him. He thanks the other president, thanks the captains. Uh, they have a presentation at the Twickenham of the, the match day flags. And it's mm. all, it's very traditional. It's boring. <laughs> it's so boring, <laughs> but it's, it's, not no one, it's not for the players. It's not for the players. It's not for the players. It's for them. And none of the players It's so boring. We sit there. There are some positives. So if someone's had their first cap, yes, positive. Tradition is they have to have a drink with every single member of the playing squad. And it's the buyer's choice. Correct. So if whoever gets first cap, you go across there, you might want to have a whiskey with them. You might have a, have a long, you might have a pint with them, discuss the day. Mm. You might just have, oh, there's a red wine and table, like red wine, a glass of red wine full of antioxidants. You have that. We'll do that with them. And um, then the next guy's right behind him with sweeps him with a nice Guinness. Yeah. To get through those dinners, you kind of got to hope that someone's got their first cap. Yeah. And especially if they've got a partner. There's young lads, you might be the start of a relationship and it's like the pressure, you think the pressure is that you've got to invite somebody along because it's yeah. like everyone's sort of married guys and then you do and um, your partners see the rugby player 
23 drinks deep and think <laughs> fuck that i could no, no actually i've seen the real side to you today no thank you can you remember your first cap i don't remember the meal i don't remember eating it but i remember looking at it the next morning all over my bed nice it was steak and i just remember leaving in shame you learn these lessons you get you older do. like and you don't want to but you don't want to go home on a there's nothing worse than going home like hungover or drunk but you have to go through it to know, get to the other side and be like... Let's be clear here. Like everyone yeah. still gets looked after and made sure oh, yeah. like nothing yeah. gets yeah. out of hand. So when was your, yours was Scotland. I mean, I like a drink, but I'm not a good drinker. So like, as in, I can't, I can't stomach a lot. So yeah, so it didn't take too long for those lads to get hold of me. And uh, yeah. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. One good thing about the speeches is you have your cat put on your head and you, that stays on your head for the rest of the night. Post-match function is done. You get your kit back, get on the bus. And that's kind of when the songs, because traditionally as well, another tradition is you have to sing a song. You do. And that normally happens on the bus on the way back from the game to the hotel. It used to be a family's bus and a lad's bus, wasn't there? That's right, yeah. But I think now it's a lot more mingled, a lot more civilised. You can have your partner kids on the bus. There's two buses, obviously, because there's a lot of people then. Boom, boom, boom. We would be probably like 9.30ish, quarter to 10 now, would we? On the two buses and then back to Penny Hill. In terms of seating, everyone just sits wherever. There's no problem. Yeah. And you say it's very, that bit's nice. Like, ties are off. Yes. Relax. Enjoy each other's company. Being a nine, my body is, it's all right, actually. It's my legs. Because you just do so much running as a nine. So my legs are heavy, domsy, heavy. Just feel tired. Yeah like physically tired but not necessarily sore apart from my lower limb and mentally at this stage i'm kind of i'm just enjoying the company of the boys and switching and i'm on that like trajectory down of accepting whatever's happened and kind of right i think the bus is also the place where the cramp happens yes it's, like, it's weird isn't it like you go through like it's really three four hours post-match stuff yourself in your seat oh like you might have your leg bent or something like that but then you're like I think I've got a bit of, is my hamstring a bit? And like tense hamstring, like cram, yeah. like that. And then you sort of like shot up in your seat, you stood up, you're sort of moving around. Once it starts, you're stuffed. The bus journey home is you often see boys sort of feet on the floor, arse in the air, bent over the table, just trying to get the cramp out of the legs. It's like cramping legs, yeah. scaps, anything. Was it Rocky when he says, uh, I don't care how tough you are, life will beat you to your knees. Cramp will beat you to, <laughs> cramp will bring any man cramp to his knees. Cramp will do, yeah. <laughs> cramp will absolutely do, yeah. But it's just, mate, it's always the bus journey, it's pretty much always the bus journey home, where I think it's just, because you're probably sat in an awkward position where you can't move around, you know, you sat next to somebody and it's literally like, uh-oh. Even like now, you kind of go, am I cramping? Am I cramping? Ah, yeah, I'm cramping, so. You're done with it. I'm done. I'm tired. The adrenaline's worn off. You're physically pretty shattered. It's the emotion, I think, as much as anything. It's like, because you go through, when you're at Twickenham, even when you're in camp, I think, without knowing it, the adrenaline's going, going, going. And then as soon as the game's done, I say, I think you get off the bus and you get back to Penny Hill and you, or you get back to the hotel you're staying at, it started to wear off. But then that's the slump of like, I'm back. I know where my bed is. I'm hungry. You're done, aren't you? Like, you're you just, are done. You're just, and it's not just the game, but it's also like, you finish the game and let's say you have media. Like, it's kind of like you yeah, have to the front. Yeah. You then go to commercials, you're meeting people, you have to fake it. So no matter what, you're like- Post-match function. Post-match you function. Like, yeah. like, unless you're with the boys and yeah. you're doing it. And, and like I say, not everyone gets capped every week. So some, a lot of the times you are just sat there, but you're faking it really. Like, cause you've got people coming over to you, chatting to you. It's only until you actually get back to the hotel. You're like, yeah. oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Like, it's like, you've got time to process the game. You're not worried about next week. It's literally just- 
shattered put your bag in your room you go get some food they put food at the bar and might be a drink that you might sit around and have but it's very relaxed very casual and everyone's different like some lads like to have a couple of drinks because they just feel like i can't sleep because yeah. adrenaline they, they really yeah. struggle to I've, I've never had that problem i've always i just hit the pillow and go to sleep it's fine but some lads really struggle so they'll they'll go to the bar have some food have a couple of drinks because they know that they they know realistically even if you're back at the hotel at half 10, they know they're not going to get to sleep till 2 a.m. Yeah. the time they're mentally over it. You can take sort of caffeine and stuff before the game, which obviously gives you energy and that can stay in your system till late on. So you're not, you're still wired from, and again, the adrenaline, that kind of stuff. So I say I'm not one that can go straight to sleep, but because often like you might have ears are cut, your head hurts, shoulder hurts, body hurts. So you kind of lie in bed for a while trying to get comfortable. And I think eventually you end up falling asleep because you're that knackered. Just on that, mate. Like playing the front row is, I just can't even imagine it. And obviously I put the ball in and I see you guys line up and boom, the engagement and the pressure going through there and how long, plus tackling, plus getting on the floor, hitting rucks, hitting malls. How is your body at 11 o'clock? It's not going to say falling apart because things are still attached, but it hurts. I think like it's the worst is when you get into bed and you just can't get comfortable. Like your neck hurts. So you lie on one side. And then your ear's bleeding. So you lie on the other side and you seek to pillow and then your shoulder hurts because of the scrummaging or your back hurts. And yeah, you do a lot of wiggling around or your hips hurt because the pressure that's gone through them. So it's that point where you kind of like, you appreciate what you do, but you're like, it always helps if you win. If you win, you feel a lot better. If you lose, it's doubly as bad because you've lost and you're like physically, it feels worse. Um, so yeah, so you get to that point in the day and you start to stiffen up. The adrenaline's gone. And yeah, that's probably when you're feeling not your worst, but that's the point where you just want to go to sleep but you can't because things hurt. Which shoulder saw her? The right one, because that's the one that's on the back of the loose head. You are right, Ben. It is the toughest position in sports. It is. Yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm just confirming that's what you said. <laughs> the toughest, in all of sports, the toughest position. Um, physically, the most demanding. I think it's the whole pressure for you, like your lower back, your thoracic, your neck. If you think about it, you've got eight blokes that probably average 110, 115 kilos each, basically just trying to push the opposition backwards as hard as they can and it starts with the set and even though you're only punching over a short distance you think about force generated i don't know how much it is but it hurts it can hurt and i say i think the body goes for all you for a front rower we're transmitting the force from say a second row behind us a back row behind us so they're pushing through us all their force is going through our spines through our shoulders to the opposition who are then pushing back so if you think about it you know we're there to transmit force no wonder you're fucked. You know, we moan about it and we get on with it. So your ears actually stick to the pillow. That is actually genuine. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know when you get like a, you graze your knee on like a 4G pitch or something like that. And oh yeah, I know all about yeah, that. Yeah, you know all about that. And you stick to the pillow. Yeah. Well, I can't have white sheets at home because my ears are scab and they stick to the pillow. You roll over, they bleed everywhere. So Bell has banned, we've got to have colored sheets because white just kills everything. And that's to say similar is you get in the middle of the night, you be lying there, your ears stuck, you get to roll over. Yeah, you wake yourself up because your um, ears bleeding everywhere. It, it, it's one of the, the, the great things about the game. And just with the ear thing, yeah, cauliflowers, what age do you have your first cauliflower? I was quite, I was about 20, I think. I got it. We were training at uh, Leicester Red Scrum Sessions, but for my first, I think my first start for the club, we were playing Wasps because Cockers was worried about me playing Tiger because I was only 20, maybe I was 21. Basically, we did live scrums Tuesday morning. We then did live scrums Tuesday afternoon to make sure I was all right in the team session. And I was against Mev and Boris Stankovic. Wow. And I got an education that day. So I'm not going to lie. Stank absolutely hammered me. And I came off the field and my ears like literally swollen. And it's not what you can do for qualifying. I think you have to dra you can drain them, but then if you drain them too much to come back, so you just have to compress. But Blue tack in. Yeah, blue compress. tack. Compress it. You have to on your head. Um, but the thing is, they just hurt. I think it's just like a bruise on your ear. And so you just have to be careful. And whilst poor old Coley 
having given his absolute all to the cause, is in agony laying there. I've actually watched Match of the Day, turned it off and uh, rolled over to my side and fallen straight to sleep. And that's how Match Day ends. Doodum. For the love of rugby. Go and find us on Instagram and TikTok. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, hit the follow button. If you want another podcast to listen to, go and find Joe Marler's Things People Do. If you want to listen to our podcast ad-free, go to Amazon Music. Or if you're on Apple... Just subscribe for £1 a week. Our next episode will be your definitive guide to Murrayfield. See you on Thursday. Sports Social Podcast Network.